So, Lord, I pray that as we come to your word today that uh, you would use it in our lives once again as you used it in Lori's life. And I know you're using it in Mark's life and you're using it in our lives. And so may we be men and women of your word that we can, we can really trust you to um, uh, be doing in our lives or using what's taking place in our lives in a way that will cause growth and maturity and, and cause us to be the loving people you've created us to be. Thank you that you're with us through those times. You are right there, always there. May we pour out our hearts to you, but also may we have some, some people, maybe a small group, that we can be honest with each other and share, this is what I'm really going through, and I would love to know that you're praying for me and uh, that you'll kind of walk through this with me. And so uh, whether that's sin or whether that's just hard circumstances, thank you that we can have some friends that will not use something against, against us or gossip about it, but we, we will use it as a time of growth and prayer. So uh, thank you that we can pray this morning. May you use this passage in Romans and even the Lord's Supper to continue our growth toward you. And we pray these things in our Lord Jesus' name. Amen. If you would turn in your Bibles to Romans... Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to read the passage, and I'm just going to make some, um, give some highlights. We're not going to cover everything. You know, you have that back-to-back sheet that's in your bulletin. If you don't have it, there, there are some back there, but we, we want you to take this home and hopefully go through it again and review what we've looked at this morning and maybe get some more ideas on what this passage is, is teaching us and how we can grow in our Lord through His Word But I'd like for you to turn to Romans chapter 1 in your Bible, and I'd just like to read these words uh, to you. We're going to start with uh, verse 8. This is from the Apostle Paul to Christians in Rome. Remember last week we saw that they are called, loved, and holy. They're, they're, They're called and they're loved saints. That's what the word saint means, holy one. That, that's who they are. They're called by God, they're loved by God, and they have been made holy by God. And we're so thankful. We're so thankful that, that Paul wrote this letter to these, uh, to these fellow Christians there in Rome describing so many things. And, and he talked there in, in the first seven verses that we looked at last week, he, he talked about, he understood his mission. He understood the, 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 the commission that God had given him to share the good news, God's gospel, with Gentiles, with those who weren't Jewish people. Peter was actually considered the apostle to the, to the Jews, but Paul was called to be an apostle to the Gentiles, and he took that so seriously, and we're going to see that again, once again, in these verses today. But he knew what his ministry was. He knew what his mission was. He knew what his message was, and his message was about Jesus. His message was Jesus. Jesus, who was promised beforehand in the Old Testament, told hundreds of years before there's going to be this one that comes. And Jesus fit every qualification of this one that was prophesied, promised in the Old Testament. And Jesus was a descendant of, of King David. Jesus was truly human. You could trace his ancestry back to, to King David. Uh, Jesus was, was uh, horizoned, is the word that's used, declared God's son by the... Uh, uh, 
by the resurrection from the dead. He was horizon. It was like he filled the horizon. Jesus' resurrection proved that he was God's son. And Jesus is our message. And so he's writing these words, and he goes on in verse 8 to say, First of all, I, I, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. For God, whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel, that, that's the word that means good news, for God, whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his son, is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you always in my prayers making a request, if perhaps now at last by the will of God I may succeed in coming to you. Paul had never been to Rome. He did not found the church in Rome. He knew several individuals from his travels. He knew several people uh, of the people who were Christians in Rome. And, and by the way, these Christians did not meet in a magnificent uh, cathedral or something like that. They met in houses. They were house churches scattered throughout Rome. But he can't wait to go see them. In verse 11, for I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that often I have planned to come to you and have been prevented so far, so that I may obtain some fruit among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles." I am under obligation, it's a debt that I owe, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, so for my part I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. And so, just, just some of the highlights here. <laughs> First of all, in Rome, this capital of the world... There was this thriving community of believers. And they were known not for their numbers. They weren't known for their great preaching. They weren't known for the magnificence of their buildings. They were known for their faith. They were people who trusted God. And it was becoming known throughout the whole Roman Empire. And I thought about our church, and I thought, Lord, what a, what a wonderful reputation. Wow, I don't know much about that church at Hilltop, but I know they trust God. I know they've placed their lives in Jesus' hands, and they trust him no matter what they're going through. I know some of the people from that church, and the one thing that stands out about all of them is they have placed their faith in the Lord and it shows up in their everyday life. That's what was happening in Rome. And I pray that's what's happening here among all the Christians in this community that we're known for our faith no matter what we're going through. A second point that I'd like to uh, put, and by the way, that's on the handout. I, the, the, they were known for their faith in God the second point I'd, I'd like to point out that, that uh, the body life that Paul expects as he goes there, that he's experienced in every place that he's gone, but the, the life of the body of Jesus Christ, 
where we recognize the spiritual gifts that God has given to us and we're using them. And that encourages us as I watch you in action and see you using your spiritual gifts and often I'm the recipient of your use of your spiritual gift and hopefully you are of mine. And you see the love that's present and you see the faith. We realize there's this common faith in one person and that's our Lord Jesus Christ, this one who's our message. And I love the way God has planned for a a body to operate that all of us involved, that's what... That's what convinced me to become part of a a, a local church, even to become a pastor of a local church, is because I could just use my spiritual gifts, you could use your spiritual gifts, and together the life of Jesus Christ would be, be, be revealed through all of us. I put there on your handout, they'd all be mutually strengthened by one another's faith and spiritual gifts. Uh, A third point that I'd like to make from these verses is uh, Paul saying that he's a debtor. (laughs) I'm a debtor both to the cultured Greek, and those were simply Gentiles who spoke Greek or followed the Greek way of life. I'm a debtor both to the cultured Greek, and we'd say, yeah, those people deserve to hear the message, but I'm also a, a, a debtor to the ignorant barbarians. And those people during that time were simply considered foreigners ignorant of the Greek language and others, you know, and the Greek language and culture. And I'm in in debt to all. There's nobody that I'm not in debt to. I, I owe them the good news. And by the way, you Romans, I'm simply going to be passing through Rome because you already have a church there and you people have heard the good news. I'm going to share with you. We're going to have a great time of fellowship together. I'm on my way to Tarsus. I'm on my way to Spain. They haven't heard the good news of Jesus. And I'm in debt to those people. And his thinking was, and I put this on your handout, God's good news was too good to keep. He knew that all desperately needed this message for the whole world and every kind of person in it. And he knew that the Jews needed this message and he knew that the the Gentiles needed this message and he knew that the Republicans needed this message and he knew that the Democrats, yes, everybody needs this message. He knew that the old and the young and the rich and the poor and the educated and the uneducated, they all need this message. It's one message. His name is Jesus. And he was going to share it with them. Now these are people who are already Christians so that they're not, he's going to, not going to just share with them how to become a Christian. They already are Christians, but he's going to tell them who they are as Christians And he's going to tell them how to walk as Christians. He's going to tell them what their future looks like because that's all part of God's plan of salvation. All of it. That's God's good news. It doesn't just stop with becoming a Christian. We need to share that good news, how to be right or just with God. And he does share that. It takes four chapters to share it. But then he goes on and says, here's who you are. And here's how to walk. 
Here's what that walk will look like so that you have a kind of a barometer there of recognizing when you're walking in the Lord's strength and when you aren't. So I'm eager to share this gospel with you Romans. And I just thought, you know, what are, what are we known for? And what is, what is your ministry? How, how are you involved? What is your spiritual gift? We talked about that last week. What is your spiritual gift mix? And with whom are you eager to share God's good news and your spiritual giftedness? I can't wait to come and share with you my spiritual giftedness, Paul says. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to it. And in arrest, in trials, in two long years in prison, in shipwreck, would take place before, before Paul's prayer would be answered. <laughs> two years in jail. Verses 16 and 17. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. I don't know how many of you know uh, Martin Luther's story, but as a young monk, he was overwhelmed by his sins. He just... He just couldn't get away from them and he would go and he would confess to a priest for hours and hours and hours every single thing he could think of. And he would confess that to the priest and, he, and there would be kind of this momentary, <laughs> this momentary time when, uh, um, when, when he would uh, uh, feel relief and even some joy, and then he'd get back to his room and he'd remember a sin that he forgot to confess. And he was just overwhelmed with guilt and shame, and he kept going and doing that and not finding it, providing any, really any life in that. And then as he was reading the, the, the letter to the Romans, this passage right here, and he came across that statement, which is a quotation from the Old Testament with the Habakkuk the prophet. He, he came across that quotation, the just, the righteous, shall live by faith. Uh, not by laws, not by rules and regulations, not by confessing sins, <laughs> by faith. And it changed his life. And it had a great impact upon Christianity. The just shall live. And that's just, again, not how to just become a Christian, but how to walk as a Christian. This is how I think Martin Luther was probably a, a Christian, but he learned not only how to become a Christian by faith, but how to walk as a Christian by faith. And I, I put it on your handout. We don't make God's gospel or good news important or relevant or powerful. It is these things. <laughs> We're just to proclaim it. it. It's not just about what we can do for him. It's about totally about what he's done for us. We're, we're just to proclaim his message of Jesus. And I'm not ashamed of this 
in this message because it's God's power for salvation. The, the message was something to be proud of and it contains what all of mankind needs. It, it, it contains, if you've been around here very long, uh, you've heard the, the term fiddles, F-H-I-D-L-S. Sounds like fiddles, but it's spelled F-H-I-D-L-S. And that tells you what took place when you became a Christian. It's a description of the new covenant that the Bible talks about. And I, I've been walking with Josh, our, our music guy, and uh, we've been having a great time sharing God's truth and just walking together and kind of sharing where we are in our own walk with the Lord. And, and so together we've been reviewing fiddles. And uh, yesterday, he, he, as we were walking, he quoted it to me. I think it takes the mind off the pain of walking. Uh, but uh, he was quoting that to me. And, and after he gave me the, the, the six things, what, what each of them means, then he started talking about, and I, here's how I've been applying it in my own life. Here's what it means to me personally as I walk with the Lord. The F stands for forgiveness of sins. The H stands for a new heart, a heart made new by God, that you received a new heart. The I stands for intimacy, intimacy with God as our Father and myself as His child. The D stands for direct access to God. You don't have to go to a church. You don't have to go to a certain place. You don't have to offer a certain sacrifice. You don't have to go through a person, a priest, or, or anybody else. You have direct access to God, no matter what's taking place in your life. Always lines, always open, always. The L stands for the law. God's written his law on our hearts and on our minds. It's not some mechanical ritual, you know, checklist that we have outwardly. Well, I did that today or I didn't do that today, checklist. But instead, he's written it on our hearts. And so we want to do what God wants us to do. We want to live to please him. And he's written his law on our hearts and minds so that we can do so. And the S stands for his spirit who lives within us, who indwells us. And when we walk in his strength, we find that we can, uh, <laughs> we could really enjoy what life's all about because his spirit lives in our bodies so that he will live the Christian life in us and through us as we walk by faith. The good news this is on your handout. Also, the good news is God's power to change lives, any life, all lives. I pray that we learn to walk by faith. It's, the, the book is filled with the word faith. Um, these words were spoken to Habakkuk, the prophet, when, uh, when the prophet was struggling with something God was doing. God was using pagan nations to discipline his people, Israel. You know, and Habakkuk didn't understand that they're worse than us. I don't understand that. And, he says, and God says, Habakkuk, trust me. The righteous shall live by faith in me, by trusting me, my words, my way. I pray that we know God's word, we believe God's word, faith, and we... Moment by moment, say, God, I trust you. And as a result of that, 
I realize this is the way you're going to live your life through me. May I be known, may we be known as a body of believers who trust our Lord Jesus.